everybody. What's going on? Welcome back to the Midnight Terrors podcast. I'm your host today, Kevin, down a Jason, unfortunately, uh, but he will be back very soon. But nevertheless, we have an awesome episode here for you. A very special guest, someone that I'm very excited to have on the podcast. <laughs> Hold the applause, please. Uh, we would like to welcome to Midnight Terrors for the first time, Mr. Jason Yashannon. You know him as RB from Poultry Guys, Night of the Chicken Dead. Spider from VHS, a role on the show Blue Bloods, and he is also the writer of the Mysterious Happenings book series. So welcome, Jason. How are you? I'm good. You wanna you wanna know what I was just thinking? Screw What's that? that uh, screw that other host, man. This is <laughs> this is this is his loss. I and agree, this a, man. This is a once once in a lifetime opportunity here. <laughs> I agree, man. I agree. Um, hopefully, you find us cool enough by the end of the episode to uh, to want to grace us with your presence again. But <laughs> hopefully, you find me cool enough. Oh yeah. <laughs> so I guess we'll find out. I guess we'll I see love how, it. We how we both feel at the end. Yeah, <laughs> it's like a first date, basically, right? You go <laughs> meeting from going... a. I think it's going well so far. Me too. Me yeah, too. Okay, I'm good, excited. Good. <laughs> I have to ask, how many different pronunciations have you gotten of your last name? I was going to say, you actually pronounced it correctly. <laughs> and I think you're the first person maybe ever to have done that. So <laughs> I wish that I could take uh, credit for that. I think I actually <laughs> asked you, I saw your your video promotion for the con that we met at and you said it there and I'm like, okay, <laughs> got it. <laughs> and then I think I asked you to confirm if that's how you say it. I, I think I think what I get more than anything is Yakanin mm -hmm. or Yakanin. <laughs> those are the two that I probably get the most. But um, it's actually like you said, Yashanin, which is weird because it is a ch, but it has an <laughs> sh sound. So I don't. I mean, I don't know why. Uh, it has something to do. I'm Czechlo. I'm half Czechoslovakian, half Italian. So it has something to do with the Czech side okay. of things. But I, there you I go. can't tell you. I can't tell you what what that is but um <laughs> but yeah you did it you did it awesome. you got it right awesome man well it is an honor to have you on it was a total blast meeting you about a month ago at that last con uh that yeah, we were at together yeah. and uh jason and i my co-host could have spent like hours more talking to you at your table and thank you thank you <laughs> and uh talking with you about your work and you know i've had a chance to um to dive into your books a bit and uh, really enjoying reading those and we obviously ah. enjoy your work with the movies as well so i definitely wanted to get you on here to introduce you to the audience and and you know have them uh hear a little bit about you hello audience they're probably <laughs> uh, they're probably like oh this fucking guy <laughs> they're they're thinking uh this guy should just take over the podcast he's way cooler than the usual uh, co-host uh, uh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> got the charisma going i love it hey, I, I like i like your background by the way Thanks, man. My yeah. uh, my friend Jules, uh, who is in the local Rocky Horror Picture Show Shadowcast here, actually made this for us. Cool. Yeah, it looks good. Yeah. Yeah. She shout out to Jules. Love you, Jules. She uh, yeah. she did a great job with that. Um, go, go, Jules. Go, Jules. <laughs> so uh, we always start the exact same way whenever we get a new guest on the show, and we always okay. got to ask as a horror podcast, what was your intro to horror like? And as Jason would say, if he was here, what movies fucked you up? Oh well. I mean the one that the one that still gets me to this day and uh you know I I don't know what it is about it it just gets under my skin is the original exorcist I, oh my god yes I, I, I'm not sure what it is about that um in fact I do talk about that in um you mentioned my book so it's a trilogy right mm -hmm. and um I'm working on the last one right now and there is a mention of 
what actually happened to me watching that movie. Um, you know, it was in high school. All of my friends were getting together, but we were going to watch Tommy Boy. Mm. And then all of a sudden, they're like, no, let's watch The Exorcist instead. And I was like, <laughs> what's that? I don't know what that is. Now, mind you, we're going from Chris Farley to, you know, The Exorcist. And that <laughs> really, really did a number on me. When she starts, like, you know, in the bed and the voice <laughs> comes out, I, I did. I mean, and this is no lie. I mean, I did sleep with my lights on in my bedroom for maybe about a month. I mean, I was, yeah. I was really scared of that movie. And even now, like I'll watch it, but it still, it still gets me. And the new one that just came out, I have not seen that yet. I'm I'm not sure how I feel about seeing it. I, pro- I probably will, mm-hmm. but, but I'm scared. I, I'll be honest with you. There's something that just, I don't know, just gets me. <laughs> And there's also something you can't replace with that grittiness of the films from the 1970s. You know, there's just something about like the way they're filmed. And it's interesting with all the like CGI and special effects we have today. I still think it's more effective what they did in the 1970s mm-hmm. than compared to some of the things you see today. Just my opinion. Just my opinion. Yeah. I agree, man. We uh, we were actually just talking about that on another recording last night. Jason was talking about how one of his intros to horror was the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre, oh. and he had the best way possible to watch it. He watched it on a grimy VHS tape, had to rewind oh, yeah. it, and he was he was checking the time frames to see how much longer was left. He had to, he had to fix the tracking on the <laughs> yeah. right on the got the but, staticky blue screen. <laughs> but to tell you the truth, like I I guess my first intro, I think that was the other part of the question was. Mm-hmm was maybe Tales from the Crypt, actually. I, um, my best friend growing up, who is my best friend in the book, I know we're kind of jumping around. Um, sure. the, the books the books are actually based on uh, real, all, all the people in them are based on people from my sophomore year of high school in 1996. So he was over one day and we were just flipping around and we came upon this show and I was like, oh, this is, this is really cool. What is this? And it was the episode, I'm trying to think, it was like, the news reporter who has to spend an evening in this like haunted house and mm-hmm. he's trying to be, Oh, this isn't haunted. And then, you know, <laughs> I, I don't know if you know that episode, but, um, <laughs> but um, that kind of hooked me. I was like, Oh, this, this was awesome. I love this. And then from there, it just kind of um, kind of went from there, but uh, tales from the crypt. Yeah. It was there actually like, you know, I started off. Well, I mean, maybe the original Ghostbusters, you know, as maybe my favorite movie growing up as a kid, which it's just like a horror comedy. Yeah. But um, I kind of, I was kind of on like the sci-fi realm too. Like I was a big Predator fan. I was a big Aliens fan. But then when I found Tales from the Crypt, I kind of transitioned. Yeah. I guess we'll say, but. Well, that's, you're, you bring up an interesting point because, you know, reading your books and just seeing your acting roles, it seems like, your your work is like a product of the 90s and the way you carry yourself is a product of the 90s is that pretty accurate to say i mean you know people say that like high school those are your formative years right mm-hmm. well i was a 95 or to 1999 and you know this is in the heyday of all the great green day music and all the you know i mean I, if you were into the boy bands and stuff yeah. like that <laughs> you know um I, I mean i love the 90s i mean i i suppose i grew up in the 80s but like you know your my first taste of romance was in the 90s uh, <laughs> so 
yeah, I, I would definitely say I'm a product of the 90s. And it if you look around, it's it's coming back. It's a little it's bit coming yeah. back. I, I, I do think it's coming back. So I think my books have kind of come out right at the perfect time. You know, I mean, I don't know if anyone's wearing like the Janko pants anymore, <laughs> but, um, you know, it's yeah. I mean, that's the 95 to 99 that's I mean that's like when you you know come into your own and you know Mm -hmm. you experience some (laughs) things for the first time and so yeah that's beautiful and uh, I mean if people want to bring back the Jenko jeans I I don't think any of us would say no you know (laughs) (laughs) did Um, I have a pair I I I was a skater so I mean I had some pretty big pants although I don't know if I had (laughs) the Jenko ones there you go (laughs) well we'll definitely talk into how the 90s definitely influences the the stories that you tell in the books but before the writing element came in how did you get into acting like did horror play a role in that or what what was your intro to acting what made you want to pursue that you know what it was actually my older sister and my older brother um they were let's see my brother was was is he four years ahead of me and my sister's maybe one he's maybe three years ahead of me and my sister's maybe one year ahead of me um and I would go see them especially my brother um perform at the our high school Mm -hmm. in in some in some shows uh you know he he didn't get into it as much as I did um but he, you know, he did a couple one act plays. He did a couple like improv shows there. And seeing that, I was like, man, that looks like fun. I, I think <laughs> I could do that. I want to do that. And um, and so, you know, once I got to high school, I, I, I had a little bit of an easier transition maybe than than some kids. Like my brother was already in high school. My sister was already in high school. So I already knew a lot of like the theater kids and some of the theater professors. And, um, and I just went to the first audition that was available when I started high school, which was um the musical Godspell. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know if you're familiar. Uh, <laughs> and and that was the first show I got into. And, and just from then on, I was just like, I'm auditioning for everything I can audition for. And after high school and I went to college, same thing, you know, whatever improv classes I could get into theater classes, musical theater, and um and that was it and uh so i so i really say it was my more my sister and my brother who kind of got me into it Mm -hmm. yeah i can i can relate to that as you know so i'm a local musician here where i live in south carolina and i definitely grew up going to watch my older sisters play for like talent shows and Mm -hmm. you know open mics and uh, you know karaoke bars and things like that so it definitely the older sibling element definitely leaves a a mark on you almost as much as like say your parents you know and your Mm -hmm. upbringing that way um, I think I think that's also how I got into skating because my brother mm-hmm. was was into skating. All of his friends would come over and they'd all skate, and it was like, oh, <laughs> that looks like fun. I want to do. That. <laughs> that's funny. Uh, what do you What do you play, by the way? Uh, so I play uh, acoustic guitar and I sing. Cool. cool. Um, so I like to do a lot of the uh, definitely touch on the Green Day stuff because uh, later Green Day was my intro to okay. wanting to play music when American Idiot came out. So. Uh an excellent album excellent oh, yeah. album um <laughs> do you write your own stuff too or is it yeah, just yeah i uh i tend to lean into that i guess you could call it pop rock like i grew up hearing a lot of like third eye blind and really catchy mm-hmm. you know pop rock like that uh lifehouse so i guess that you would say it would be in that element um okay. with the songs that i write but then also i like to incorporate my love of horror into the lyrics that i write so i kind of like dark sounding stuff 
I'm gonna have to hear some of this. Yeah, I'll have, have to send to you some, some of, of that. Now. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the you know the two bands you just mentioned, huge in the '90s, right? Mm-hmm. They're I Blind, right? Lifehouse. Yes. The, were were they more like '90 what? Well, I think uh, Third Eye Blind's uh, self-titled that Red album was '97, mm-hmm. so that was like peak uh, mid to late '90s, uh, and then they carry on with the Blue album in the in the in '99, and then Lifehouse mm-hmm. was probably right around that same time, and then they would blow up like in the early 2000s, probably. Yeah. So, which the early 2000s I always kind of look at as like a weird carryover from the late '90s, like we were still which... trying trying to let go. <laughs> Is that like like the Limp Biscuit kind of like? Yeah. Kind of, okay. All right. That's like when like rap metal kind of. Mm-hmm. Is that when? Okay. New metal stuff, Linkin Park I mean, and uh, Kid Rock and <laughs> Slipknot, mm-hmm. all that stuff. Okay. That's good. Mushroom stuff. Head. Mushroom Head. Oh yeah, Mushroom, love okay. Mushroom Head. <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> um, but that's a that's a really cool story. How you got how you got into acting, and so when you, so we'll touch on Poultry Guys here for just a second. That was my mm-hmm. intro to to your work as an actor and then from there finding your writing was was trauma because i wonder did you know about trauma before you got involved with them i did not no okay <laughs> um you know as as an so you know once i graduated college and i moved to manhattan um you know as an actor i just kind of like started pounding the pavement right mm-hmm. so um every every week there's a publication that comes out that lists auditions. And so I would, now this was before like social media and before, you know, all that, this is, I'm talking like when there was still like black and white headshots and you mailed <laughs> it, you snail mailed your stuff, you know, you had to mm-hmm. buy a stamp, you had to get a stamp. <laughs> <laughs> um, so every week I would just go through this publication and kind of circle like, Oh, okay. That I could, I could maybe do that. That kind of fits my, my type, my niche, you know, and so when I saw uh, the ad for Poultry Guys, was, which was in this publication, it's called Backstage, by mm-hmm. the way, um, you know, it was looking for like a younger guy kind of on the nerdy side, but like likable, becomes the hero, um, has to be able to carry a tune kind of thing. And I said, huh, I can do that. <laughs> yeah. So, so I sent it in, you know, mailed it in. And uh, about two weeks later, got a call from um, his name was Matt. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was like hey you know we want you to come audition so uh at the time trauma was in the um hell's kitchen area in yep. new york city <clears throat> now they're in queens but um so you know went went to their building and you know <laughs> started going through the various rounds of auditions and callbacks and um i think it was maybe like nine callbacks until wow. they said okay yeah you're Arby. <laughs> um i really thought the guy who I was kind of like we were the last two uh, up against. He got naked actually in one of his callbacks. I thought maybe that was going to seal the deal for him, but uh, it didn't. So I don't know. <laughs> well, that's. I mean, that would be a serious yes. letdown to go to that yeah. extreme and then not get the callback. <laughs> I got naked for you. What happened? Oh, jeez. Um, but yeah, so that's that's kind of you know. So once I got the role and I told my brother, going back to my brother, mm-hmm. he knew all about that. Because he was a big Sergeant Kabuki Man fan and Toxic Avenger. I mean, I knew, mm-hmm. like, growing up, I knew of them, like, with the cartoon. Um, but I had never really dived into it. And so he was like, oh, my God, just wait until you see um, what kind of fans this uh, <laughs> this this company has. And 
Yeah, he wasn't lying. I mean, they're some of the most loyal and enthusiastic fans uh, around, which which is lovely, right? Especially as like an actor. Oh, yeah. Um, and so yeah, so I, once I once I got the role, they gave me a couple of films to watch mm-hmm. uh, to familiarize myself, and I was it was a little shocked. I was like, oh 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 boy, what the <laughs> hell did I just do? <laughs> what did I get myself into? But um, I, re- it, I remember you explaining that at the con that you had that that sort of switch before it, you got into it. But it really was um, one of the most fun and memorable times I've had as an actor. Um, yeah. And I would not have I've, I would never replace it for anything. I mean, it was like just just some of the memories that I now have mm-hmm. just, just like a summer you don't forget kind of thing, you know. Exactly. And it is, you know, such a fun movie. We covered it on the podcast a few months back and we had a good time with it. And it seems like with Troma, you talk about the dedication of the fans. That seems like it would be actually in line with your your upbringing as a skater, punk rock kid and, you know, being fans of, you know, going to see these shows and like regularly listening to these bands. Is that is Mm -hmm. that pretty accurate, you would say? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, you know, I, I I, I know you mentioned like the third eye blind and uh, things like that, but like uh, my, uh, my kind of growing up was like going to see no effects, the mighty, mighty boss tones, you know, face to face, the bouncing souls. And so like when these, when these, when these bands would come to town, I mean, it was just like, Oh yeah. Like the fans would just come out and it's like, fuck yeah, we got to see these groups. And that's how I feel like the fans of Troma are. They're just like, oh, hell yeah. I'm like, I will follow Lloyd to the ends of the earth. And that's how we were with like this music, you know, of like Green Day coming to town up, like, you know. So yeah, I would think, I, I think the the punk kids kind of really do align with the tr- with that horror kind of Troma mm-hmm. fans. And like, um, but I think they're some of the best fans absolutely know, in the world some of the most dedicated and hardcore i mean I, i'm very honored by this but i mean like somebody has a tattoo of my face on them um, <laughs> that's awesome I'm, I, I'm very honored i i don't know if i deserve that but um <laughs> i mean that's that's the kind of dedication we're talking about so mm-hmm. well it's like you know again going back to music music and horror you know are very closely linked in that you can hear a song and the singer writes like about whatever they're feeling. And then you hear it and you hear something completely different. And then you talk to them and they go, I never thought about that, but that's really cool that you have that interpretation. And I feel like that's Mm -hmm. how horror movies go. And it's even something like trauma where people would go, this is a movie that's like a comfort movie for me. I watch it all the time. You know, I don't know if it was you who told me this, but someone at that convention you mentioned said that they use the song from poultry ice as their wedding song. I remember no, that I, I i mean you know i think i was the, actually standing right behind the guy that told you that <laughs> t- talk about interpretation now i didn't particularly see the songs as like <laughs> you know that's that romantic. i guess they're romantic in like a gross kind of way yeah right? so. <laughs> in a splatter gore kind of way yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. that's incredible and you know so we've touched on how the nineties has bled into not just your work with it, with acting, but with your, your writing. And like, so you actually asked me at the con, 
what year did you gradu- graduate high school? And I said, 2011, you went, oh. <laughs> and then I, I was explaining that I was like, well, I was born in 92. So I still, you know, grew up from a kid's perspective, but I grew up, you know, around all that stuff that was that was going on. And, mm-hmm. you know, my sisters were into the punk rock scene. So I would listen to like Blink-182 and MXPX and, oh, you know, all that excellent stuff. Excellent bands, excellent right? groups, yeah. Um, yeah tra- well, Travis Barker is one of my favorite drummers. Hell yeah. Yeah, yeah hell yeah. <laughs> and uh, which Blink-182 reunion going on and those new songs are amazing. Um, Wait, which, say it again, you kind of cut out. Uh, the Blink-182 reunion that's going on with Tom back, they released a couple yes. songs like a few weeks ago and they were so good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, um, I've never seen them actually in concert. I actually have not either. I would I would love to see Blink-182 live. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But you were talking about how like that 90s period kind of bleeds into the writing and like right away, just reading the book, like I feel nostalgic reading, reading the stories that you're writing. Um, And I love that the way everything's portrayed is just like a conversation that you would have with your friends. Um, So where did you get the idea to take like your experiences from that time in your life to turn it into this horror story? So I I, I think I mentioned that. um everything in the book is true right mm-hmm. everything um the only thing that's that's made up is and i don't want to give too much away is when um it kind of takes that little supernatural twist mm-hmm. right um so at the time that i was like thinking about writing these books um i mean i know this sounds so cliched but what do people always say they say well write about what you know mm-hmm. so i said hmm okay that's all right, that's interesting. What what do I know about? What do I know about? <laughs> um, well, I thought, you know, my mom and dad to this day have this really weird habit of staying up really late. Okay. <laughs> and I'm talking about until like 4 a.m. in the morning, right? They have this real I don't know why they do it. They still do it. But when I was in high school, you know, I'd wake up at night and I would hear them down there. <laughs> you know, I hear the coffee pot going and i'm like it's 3 30 in the morning what the hell or what are you on like missile watch here what are you doing like why are you up and so um around the time that i was trying to write the books i thought you know what that's such a weird thing that not a lot of people's parents would like do a lot of them would tell me like my parents go to bed at like nine o'clock ten o'clock at night so i, I thought there's got something here I can build on this this is a really weird thing that they do and so um I think your question was um how did my what was the question again I, I ramble I go into so <laughs> no, many different okay. tangents uh where did you get the idea to take this you know like your real life stories to turn it into this horror story yeah. so so I thought that was actually a really weird thing that they did and 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 um couple that with my dad's wedding ring right okay this is mine there it is but my mm-hmm. dad's in real life is gold and it has all these weird markings on it okay now i've asked him what it what the markings have meant and he's <laughs> never told me actually he's never told me he would always just say like oh well you know it's just something you know blah 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 uh, something between your mom and i which i also found really weird so yeah. I thought, okay, you know what, motherfuckers, if you're not going to tell me <laughs> what it means and why you're up so late, I'm just going to make it up myself. <laughs> so, so I took those two true things, my dad's strange ring and their weird nocturnal habits. And I said, there's a story here. 
And so I took everyone from uh, my, my time in high school uh, and I kind of blended it all together into this mystery, the supernatural mystery. And so everything you read about the people, the locations, all the little nuances about like my likes, my dislikes, my, uh, the, the pop culture references, everything is from that time of period in my life, except when, again, and I don't want to give it away, when it goes on that little supernatural journey, that's yeah. the only part that's made up. Yeah. And that's uh, one of the, you brought up, you know, how you're talking about your interests and your, you know, your dislikes and you describe um, yourself in the book, which you've renamed your yourself to Justin, you Shannon. Yeah. Yeah. Well, just Justin. I don't think I, I don't know if I ever revealed my last name. Oh, that's, that's so weird. I, in my head, it sounded like you did when I read it. <laughs> Wait a minute. I, you know, I haven't reread the first one in a while. I'm, I may have changed it, but it may have started with a Y. <laughs> there we go um but you so you describe yourself in the book and you talk about your interests from <clears throat> from that era and like your high school experiences and I'm wondering my favorite one of my favorite like aspects of the story when you're when you're speaking is that you'll interject little like per, like parentheses conversations about like you'll name something from the 90s and then go, oh, by the way, this is what this was. This is what we did back then. <laughs> and, uh, you know, like you described like what a half pipe is. And, you know, so I'm I'm thinking in my head, like when I'm reading that, I'm like, so, okay, so I know what a half pipe is, but I'm wondering when you're telling those stories, are these based off of like real interactions you've had maybe to people younger than you where you are explaining 90s culture to them? You know, it's it's so crazy. Like some of the things that, now that I'm older, I'm 42 now. It, it, it's just kind of crazy. Like some of the things that I just assume everybody knows. Mm -hmm. For example, for example, I was talking with a friend of mine and she's in her thirties. Okay. Do you know, she doesn't know how to tell time on a clock with the hands. Wow. <laughs> and I was like, what, what? You don't know how to, she's like, why would I need to know? I just look at my phone. I was like, okay. <laughs> so <laughs> When I was writing this, um, I, I had always remembered reading something about the more detail you can give, the better, right? Mm -hmm. So like, so I didn't want to assume that someone knew what a quarter pipe was or what a half pipe was, because if you never skated in your life, maybe you don't know what those things are. Mm -hmm. So I just, I just made it a point that whenever I was describing something, like, for example, I was in the, I was in the drum line in high school, right? I marched snare, I marched the quads, which is the four drum right mm -hmm. although although i think my junior year we actually got quince which has a little five drum little spot drum in the middle yes but you know i mean if if i was just talking to someone randomly and i was like oh yeah i learned how to play paradiddles today they'd be like what what the <laughs> fuck is that is that something on tiktok and so i thought like <laughs> you know what let me let me just give as much detail as possible because i was trying to if you're not from that skater culture, if you weren't from the marching band culture, I wanted people to feel like, okay, maybe I didn't do these things in high school, but I'm still, Jason's still making me a part of it by explaining what it is. Mm -hmm. And I wanted everything to sound, I wanted all the dialogue to sound very true. That like, if you were to read these books, it was like, man, I feel like I'm in high school with Jason. And I'm very, I think I'm a pretty well welcoming person I yeah. will be like oh hey yeah I just did this trick 
on the skateboard. Oh, you know what it is? Do you know what an ollie is? It's like <laughs> when you pop the tail back and then you slide your foot against the grip tape. So I, I feel like I write the way I talk, mm-hmm. which I was hoping helped the dialogue sound more authentic. So I will do some ex- explanations. Hey, in case you don't know who Led Zeppelin is, because <laughs> not, not everyone does, even mm-hmm. though, I mean, I think that's kind of crazy. I'll say, hey, if you don't know who Led Zeppelin is, check out this song. Just check out this one song, Yeah, you know, just to try to like include everyone, you know? So that was my idea behind that. Yeah. Uh, and I uh, I appreciate the the shout out to the drum line and, and band and stuff like that because I was a band kid from middle school through college. <laughs> I played play? uh I played tenor saxophone for hey. a lot of it. My Started sister on played alto. Sax. Hell yeah. 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 Started on alto, moved to tenor, and then even played uh Barry for jazz band for a little wow. bit. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. So, I've actually uh, I've actually, you know, now that I'm older, have thought about I wonder if it would be easy to learn saxophone. I really Yeah. I dig it. And I mean, I, think I recommend in, it. <laughs> I mean, I think back in high school is like, oh, the drum line, like you were the, those were the cool kids, and, <laughs> you know, like you wanted to be in the drum line, but, yep. um, you know, thinking back on it now, I, I, I think the saxophone is kind of cool, actually. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> you know, you, you listen to some eighties songs and every solo is like a sax solo, right? <laughs> so, yeah. And I'm starting uh, to see more uh, rock bands even nowadays. I don't know if you listen to the band uh, Ghost at all, but they have a really, really cool instrumental song that just builds and builds and builds. Kind of sounds like uh, Queen instrumental. And then they throw a saxophone in there just for the hell of it. <laughs> so, I, you know what? I don't know the band, but I like the name. Oh, check it out. Ghost is, uh, they basically have a big uh, church set up and the character plays uh, like a priest character uh, that goes by Papa Emeritus Four, <laughs> And okay. uh, he's a whole in-stage character. It's very entertaining. Cool. Oh, cool. <laughs> um, but I mean, even just reading like the part where you're talking about being in the drum line and getting ready for class, like I just flip back to my band memories in there and I just like the, the band room in itself was like a culture. And oh, oh. Absolutely. Right. I mean, it was like its own world that not Mm -hmm. everyone had access to either. Yeah. And like, I now tell stories of like my friends, like disappearing and then finding that they had shoved themselves into the sousaphone case. (laughs) So, so it's just like, um, okay. I'm not proud of this, but someone put me in the quad case once. (laughs) Now that was, that was being like, that was like being in a coffin. Okay. I'm telling (laughs) you that was, that was pretty freaky, but the, the band room itself, like, we would skate in there. Like mm-hmm. if no one was in there, like we could skate it. It had steps. It had like, you know, it, it, you could technically maybe get like a slide in because of the steps had this plastic covering on them. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. It was, I can still see it in my mind. Plain <laughs> as day. Yeah. That's beautiful. Um, but yeah, it feels very conversational and very fun. And like, it's the way you write makes it easy to visualize everything. And I think it really just throws you into the story for sure. And You've said that you've modeled, you know, all the characters based on yourself and other people in your life. And I thought that was a really cool, like, writing technique for telling the story. Did you find that that was easier to flush the story out because you had that base to work with? Or was it ever a challenge to stay to stay molded to that and keep the story going? You know what, actually, it was, I found when I was using the, you know, people from my, from my, you know, high school days, my, my best friend growing up across the street. My my girlfriend, so Leslie in this mm-hmm. in the book, we're not technically like boyfriend and girlfriend yet, right. but like you know, there's something happening there, right? Yeah, um, I love that dynamic. That feels so real. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, it was that was a little easier because some of these things in the book, 
actually took place. So mm-hmm. like when, when I'm talking, well, okay. When I'm talking to Leslie, like backstage at our theater, I mean, that actually happened. The The conversation we had may have been different. Like what was like, what we were talking about in that scene, like, like um, I think my parents are in, in touch with like extraterrestrial <laughs> beings. Okay. So that maybe not, that maybe didn't happen, but like, you know, being backstage with all the lights off and like us talking really closely and like that energy we could sense between us, that that happened. I mean, that actually happened. So, you know, pulling from my experiences did make the writing easier because I was just kind of like reliving those memories. Mm-hmm. Uh, so um, in the second book, when I introduce a few more characters, who weren't based on real people, you know, it, it it was a bit more challenging because I was, you know, what's their voice? You know, mm-hmm. who are they exactly? Like, you know, my, my best, I mean, my best friend growing up, his real, his real name is Brendan. Um, you know, him and I, like, I, I know our dialogue. Like we spent <laughs> almost every day together. It was like second nature. But then when you start introducing some of the other characters that, that were made up, it did become a little trickier because it was like, okay, well, how do I see this person playing out and like the, their through line and what do they sound like? Um, I don't know if you're on the second book, but the detective character in it, really actually kind of my favorite character uh, <laughs> uh, to write for, um, he was tricky, but um, but uh, he, I, are you on the second book yet? I'm actually uh, getting through the the first one to try to like get everything familiar, okay. Um, okay. and then moving to the to the second one. So okay. I'm well, actually I won't, I won't give much away, but he he was my favorite character that I made up. But but going back to the original question, the dialogue was easier with the people that I knew, just because a lot of those a lot of those situations were just based on actual situations. Mm-hmm. So you know, my uh, friend Brandon or Brendan and I would go into the woods we had a tree that was like this that we would hang out on that's where i had my first cigarette you know um <laughs> i i didn't continue smoking but he did um, yeah and then and then he got into dip do you remember the dip yeah i do yeah. Nasty oh boy stuff. Nasty stuff. <laughs> that's beautiful yeah. uh which i believe brandon has one of my favorite moments in the first book where you guys are like okay, I need to figure out why my parents are staying up late. We're going to do some reconnaissance work. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and just that whole dynamic of you, like your character trying to wake him up. And then like, you're like, okay, we're ready to go. And then he's just hard asleep again. It's just like <laughs> all too relatable. I love it. Yeah, uh, I mean, and he would sleep over constantly, constantly. Mm-hmm. So it was, you know, that was fun to like, think back on those things and then kind of like, make them a little you know make them my own with this story and stuff like that but like they were all based on actual oh and we would play this game okay wait we would play this game now we weren't very good at it but (laughs) we would sneak try to sneak around our house without my mom and dad noticing and like spy on them (laughs) (laughs) and they always knew they always knew like jason are you in the dining room again like (laughs) no (laughs) <laughs> just the eyes in the back of the head when it comes to parents. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. fantastic. And, yeah. um, you know, you kind of touched on this part of the writing process before where your idea was that you're going to take the real life experiences and things that you can't explain and make a, a backstory for them. But before you started to, th- to do that, 
I was wondering which idea came first. Did you always have the idea to do like a supernatural fun horror story like this? Or did you think first, like, I would like to tell my personal stories first and then the supernatural came later? I, I think, I think, okay, so let me just share this, this little tidbit. Um, the, the writing of the story came about in um, two, two ways, two, two different ways. Okay. Um, the one, the, the one, and, and I don't really know if this is part of your question, but I'm going to, I'm going to oh, throw go it out it. there anyways. <laughs> I'm going to throw it out there anyways, because maybe it'll help somebody listening. Um, the, the writing came to be because I was kind of in a bad place um, in terms of my acting career. Okay. Um, I, I filmed a Blue Bloods episode. And um, from then I thought, okay, I finally got my foot in the door. It was a co-star role. That's good. Casting places like to see that. And so I thought, okay, things are really going to start rolling now. Like, uh, like, you know, I got my foot in the door with this casting company and yeah, I had a couple of more auditions with them. And then it kind of just stopped all of a sudden, like a, a lot of things just like, for whatever reason, just like stopped. Uh, my auditions kind of dried up. I mean, they'd be like here and there. Um, I was freelancing with a couple different um, uh, agencies. They all dropped me. And all of a sudden I was like, shit, I, I'm, I'm like, you know, I, I thought my whole purpose here was to be an actor and I got nothing going on. Um, and I, and I kind of got into a, into a, a dark place um and my wife was like maybe you should see someone you know because you can only talk to me about this stuff for so long and, and I was and I was angry and I was bitter and uh, she's like just just talk to someone you know and I said all right I will I'm, I'm I'm going to just if nothing else it's just nice to have someone else to talk to who's not you know who's not like family or your wife or whatever mm -hmm. someone who has an outside objective <laughs> excuse me and he basically said well you know what jason and now a few years have gone by now and he's like you know you keep talking to me about like you're a creative person and you need to be doing something creative now and this was also now the time that social media is really blowing up and people are creating their own things and and i just i'm not great at that stuff you know like i again i think i mentioned that like I, I'm, I'm from the black and white headshot days you know and he's like, you keep, you keep pounding on this door, this like acting door and, and no one is answering. You need to, if you're telling me that you're like a creative person, you need to like make a choice to either create your own art or, or, or I don't know. And so he kind of posed me with this challenge of like, okay, maybe I do need to be doing something for my own, like, you know, mental health. And I know I'm not great on social media, but I've always had an interest in writing, but I've never tried to do it. Um, I don't know if you believe in this stuff, but during this time that I'm seeking like outside counsel and help, I visited three different psychics and in, they were in two in New Jersey and one in Massachusetts. And all three of them separately asked me, had you ever done any writing? Oh, wow which I thought was kind of cool and kind mm -hmm. of interesting because I never had up to that point. Um, I don't know what they saw in the cards exactly. Again, I believe in this stuff. I don't know yeah. how you feel, but I kind of took 
that as a sign and what my therapist was saying to me. And I said, okay, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to do it. I don't care. Like I was not the greatest student. Now, not, I don't mean like I was a troublemaker or anything like that, but like, I just, you know, I school just didn't come. I had to study really hard to like do well. Mm-hmm. Whereas my brother, he didn't study at all. And he was like a genius. Right. So I said, you know what? I don't, I don't care that I don't know about how to craft a story or the grammar behind it. I'm just going to write for up here. You know, it was like my creative release. No one was calling me for auditions. I couldn't get any auditions, no matter how many, like, you know, I would do these um, pay to meet casting directors. I would, uh, you know, send in stuff. And I just couldn't, I couldn't make any ground. I was not gaining any ground. And so I thought, okay, I need to do something and I'm going to do this and I'm not going to let any negative self-talk hold me back. I, you know, there's, there's people in this world called editors. They can edit my grammar if it sucks, (laughs) which they did. (laughs) And, and that's, that's kind of how the whole writing process started. And it kind of saved me because it's, it's now like, if I am feeling like in a bad place, I I immediately start writing. And I got to tell you, that's what helped me but if anyone out there listening to this, I know I'm yammering on and on, is struggling in any sh- way, shape, or form, I recommend seeing somebody. I, it's mm-hmm. not a sign of weakness. I think it's an excellent thing to have. And I recommend it to anybody. Anybody. And I'm very open about it, too, because it yeah. really did help me. Absolutely. I agree. Was that I, your I, question? I don't even know if, what that was. Your... <laughs> I, no, tell you, you, I, go, you... I go on these, like, tangents, you know, and uh, yeah. I mean, that's why we do podcasts, man. We keep yeah. it, we keep it real here. So, yeah. but I, I agree with you. I've, I've been to a professional as well. And I, I encourage people to do it as well. It's good to have that different dynamic and yeah, you know, friends and family are great, but it's good to talk to a professional and and get that stuff off your chest. And you hit something really beautiful with your story, which congratulations, by the way, that's such an inspiring story as well. And I've I've talked to a bunch of people about that same thing about having creative outlets and how that's important. And I had to learn that myself. You know, there were times where I wasn't playing music. I was kind of like, I'm not the greatest guitar player and I'm, you know, doing my best at the singing, but like, I'm not always playing music. And so I'm thinking like, what else can I do that makes me like really happy and puts me in a good place. And that's kind of, I'm like, thinking about it i'm like well i love horror and i just went to a horror convention i want to feel like that at the horror convention and that community and that love that's in the in the air i want to feel like that all the time and that's kind of what this podcast was born from was to emulate a horror con and do it here and i tell people all the time that like find that creative outlet find what works you're going to try different things you might fail but you're going to find the right thing and i've talked to people that'll say Oh, I'm not really a creative person. I don't really like have any hobbies or anything. I'm like, you'd be surprised that once you start digging, because there were people that would say that and then they're like really good at makeup and they start playing with that. And they're like, yeah, this is great. I love like just playing with stuff when I go home. Um, so that's a really beautiful story. And I, I appreciate you sharing that. You know, and, and, and that's not to say that like, like I, I have a social media page. I have an Instagram account. I have a TikTok account, but to, to kind of jump, jump off of what you said, you know, 
you kind of find what you're good at. And, and yes, I'll do some posts and I'll try to promote the book, but I mean, there are some really good people out there on yeah. social media who like know the trends, they know the, this and the, that, I don't know. You know, a lot of people assume that I am good at technology because I don't know the glasses, the hair, I, I don't really <laughs> know what it is, but I'm, I'm not really. Um, but something about just like sitting down and writing something that I imagined or created that was my outlet mm -hmm. kind of how like your podcast is yours someone's tiktok page could be theirs um you're right it's just like trying what works you know what i mean and and the writing just seemed to work for me personally but mm -hmm. that might not be everybody well i'm uh, i'm glad that you took that chance and started writing it i'm really enjoying going through the journey and uh definitely looking forward to to keeping going and and seeing more of it but i don't know if i would have discovered it had I not like yes the psychics put the seed in my mind but mm -hmm. but my therapist really presented me with the challenge like yep. hey you're you're telling me you're knocking on this door of auditioning and acting and no one's answering what are you going to do about it are you going to let yourself stay in that dark place or are you going to create something yourself that you don't that no you, you know no one is telling me this this sucks. We're not going to use you because, uh, you know, I'm I'm going to cast my cousin instead. Mm -hmm. Like the the books are mine. It's my own voice, and no one can tell me like, no, that's that's no good. Because guess what? I'm writing it. Yeah, and you're and you're doing it. You're doing it for you. When you're doing it for you, and you're happy with it, like nothing can tear you down. So, and, uh, and, and, and you know, and I and I put it out there hoping people enjoy it, but you know, not everyone's going to. But sure. in, you know, in the end, it's like, it's my, my creative outlet, it's my release, and it's my own mental, um, mental health, uh, that I'm kind of, you know, exercising there. And uh, that's my outlet. So I love it. Yeah. And, you know, I read the, you know, when I picked up, or when I was looking at the books online, you know, I read the reviews and mm -hmm. people are latching on, man, I think you got something really special here. And you're, you're carving your own little your own little niche there. And I, I think that uh more people need to hopefully listen into this podcast. They'll go pick up the books and, you know, give it a, give it a read. Oh, I appreciate it. You know, nothing makes me happier when someone says like, wow, I like the dialogue sounded so authentic. I felt like I was like, I could have been friends with you in high school. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. And so you, one other thing I wanted to touch on before we start to bring it home is I talked to you um, at that con that we met, me and Jason got to talk to you. And I believe you had said that was your second con that you had done, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And how's that been for you? How's it been going to the cons and, and meeting people? I, I really enjoy doing them. I really do enjoy it. Um, I didn't, I mean, there is like, it's like a, it's a life. I mean, people mm -hmm. like, you know, people uh, kind of can carve their living out of doing these conventions. Yeah. Um, it's really interesting to see um first of all all of the fans again that i've met and maybe it's just a horror thing all the fans so friendly so enthusiastic so like excited to be there um I, i'm having a i'm having a lot of fun with it i'm having a lot of fun with it um it, it, you know uh some of the people that i've met as like other guests are like ah you know oh you know you gotta you gotta raise your prices for this and you gotta raise your prices. I don't know. I don't know. 
I, I don't think so. Um, I'm happy that there's people out there who, who want to come meet me. Mm-hmm. And um, if that's the case, like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to like take a picture with you for free. I'm not going to charge you for anything that like you want to take a picture with me awesome let's do it like you know i'm who am i to be like that's 20 bucks you know what i mean (laughs) um i'm really enjoying them i've been able to see a a part of the country that i've you know i had never really been to massachusetts i'd never been to well that's not true i've been to south carolina but i had done a show in hilton head uh so i didn't realize at the time that i was going to the capital of south carolina which is Columbia. And now I know. Yep. What a, what a beautiful, what a beautiful area. Um, also, I love Southern food. So, <laughs> um, you know, um, I, I've really enjoyed it. I'm hoping that like, you know, sometimes, sometimes I feel like, really, you want me at your horror convention? Like, who? <laughs> really? Okay. Um, you know, I'm hoping that like, maybe, maybe, as more people discover the books and maybe I can gain a little bit more of that following, like, you know, um, I'll be invited to a few more. Um, but, uh, one of the goals when I wrote the books was, Hey, maybe I could go to a couple horror conventions and like promote them and look at that. It's, you know, I've done two now. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe try to keep the ball rolling, but, um, I think your question was, how was I enjoying them or how did I? Yeah. Just how's, how's your experience been? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's been great. I, I won't lie. Getting to Columbia, South Carolina was kind <laughs> of a kind of tricky, but I made it, I survived. And um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm having a lot of fun doing them. Um, I'd love to do one. Um, and like, and I guess you would consider this one and the one I did in Massachusetts, like a little smaller scale. Mm-hmm. I would love to see like what one of the big ones is like. Now, yeah. I mean, if I was ever invited to one of those, I'd be like probably at a table outside, you know? <laughs> no, we got to, we got to get you to like horror hound and, you know, monster mania. Cause I, again, you, when Jason and I met you, like you were just all good vibes, you know, the whole weekend and like your, your dialogue and your dynamic with Tiffany Shepis right next to you was one of my favorite things ever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she was great and i had just met her that mm-hmm. that um but you know, you know we had that trauma you know uh connection yeah. but, um but like what do you consider one of the big ones is horror hound a big one is yeah i would i would say horror hound monster mania um mm-hmm. trying to are think those of... south carolina ones they are more like northeast uh more okay. like midwest i guess um okay. like horror hound has indianapolis and uh dayton or not dayton ohio uh cincinnati ohio um well you know i'm from ohio originally i was gonna say did so you know you, i did when i saw that but you when i mentioned you know where you were from originally pennsylvania right well okay now here's that this is i'll give you a little i don't know how much time we have um oh no rush. i'll give you i'll give you a little insight into the book okay. <laughs> so when i was writing it and i was and, and it was about to be out there my dad was like you know you know jason um i don't want people you know you're telling people like where we live and because this is okay this is the house i grew up in on mm-hmm. the cover okay that is my childhood home my mom and dad still live there i still go back there every christmas you know oh and this house this is the house um that i was born in uh, until i was five and then we moved to this house okay gotcha but anyways he's like he's like so 
you know, I don't want people knowing where we live and, and people are going to come to the house and, and like try to find it. And I'm like, I mean, (laughs) I I don't think I'm going to have that kind of like (laughs) fan base. I mean, I hope I do, but like, he's thinking of like, okay, you know, the Goonies house, Mm -hmm. that house. Okay. Now I think it's changed owners, but the 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 owner that lived in that house would put up signs like keep out stay away i don't want anyone hey if you move into a house that's the goonies house <laughs> yeah. i mean come on come on um so i was trying to say to him dad i don't i don't think that's going to happen but to <laughs> ease his mind i said it in pennsylvania okay however i did not grow up in pennsylvania i will not tell you where i grew up for my dad's sake sure even though I think I just told you I was from Ohio. Um, <laughs> but I changed, but I, I said it was Pennsylvania so that my dad's peace of mind was, okay. you know, you know, I put him at ease. Um, gotcha. Now, now I have a, I have a friend who just went to cinema wasteland uh, speaking of conventions, mm-hmm. which is in Ohio, which is in the town right next to where I grew up. Man, I, Oh, I was like, God, why didn't I think of this? Next time he's there, or the next time someone I know who is in Ohio for like a, a horror thing, I'm gonna tell them to go to my house <laughs> with like a and like make a sign. Yeah, we love, we love the book, and just as a joke, and be like, Dad, Dad, you gotta look outside the house. Something's happening, and just I just want him to be like, What the? How did they find us? <laughs> that's beautiful they could do like a play on the we heart the monster hero shirt from uh, toxic avenger do we heart jason yashannon (laughs) i'm doing it i'm doing it i'm so mad i didn't think of that but um but uh but yeah so that's why i set the book in pennsylvania it was for my dad's sake so that he could sleep a little easier at night again (laughs) even if i had put it in ohio i don't think he's gonna have a mad rush of people (laughs) you know on his lawn but you know I mean, Tiffany Sheppis was telling people to uh, to get in touch with you to do a podcast to say, go to your house and climb into bed with you. So maybe maybe oh if other celebrities are encouraging it, maybe that was the right choice. <laughs> oh, my God. I've got I've got to get somebody out there. Just like even if it's just like two or three people like, yeah, I found the house like taking yeah. selfies in front of it. Oh, that'd be hilarious. That's beautiful. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, I mean. Once again, I just, you know, I thank you for all the all the work you've done. And I, I hope that we cross paths at another con or some other horror event sometime soon. As we sort of start to bring it home, I know that um, The Mysterious Happenings Part 3 is uh, on its way. Um, is that where we're, what the big picture is right now is focus on Volume 3? Where What do you have coming up in the future that people should look out for? Yeah, so um, so part three I'm currently working on right now, and I and I tell everybody this: it this is the last part. It, it ends. This is a trilogy. Um, this is not something that's just going to keep going and going and going. I, I don't know. I have I don't want to say strong feelings about that. I have medium feelings on that. Whereas it's like I think ending it and just this is what it is. And not trying to just, you know, keep on going and going for the sake of, you know, going and going. Um, not that these books are making much money, but just for like the sake of like, sure. you know, I'll just keep churning it out. No, I think I think I'm gonna it's definitely gonna end at the trilogy. Um, so yes, the third book is kind of my main focus right now. I did just film a little, a little cameo 
for a horror film that um if you want to look it up it's um they're, they're in the process of trying to like get it out there um it's called amityville nato now all right <laughs> amityville horror sharknado amityville nato all right i i probably don't need to tell you any more <laughs> than that um but i did just film a little cameo for them um uh so you know i have that kind of wrapped up there and um the third book is my main like kind of focus if something pops up you know in terms of like any conventions or any yeah. small well actually yeah if any conventions pop up or anything like that um yeah I, you know of course do them but um yeah finishing the trilogy is kind of like my main and, and trying to get it you know and trying to get it out there more mm -hmm. um you know uh that in itself is you know a lot of work and uh um i'm still trying to get it into um where i live in new jersey uh there's a there's a comic book shop and bookstore owned by kevin smith really nearby I'm trying to get it in you know, yes. trying to get it into there <laughs> hey kevin, kevin smith yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah beautiful i mean uh so looking forward to seeing the next book any chance that uh maybe somewhere down the road you know there's a lot of uh cool characters in here a lot of 90s culture that we touched on any chance we would maybe one day see you be interested in a film adaptation of Mysterious Happenings? If that happened, I would be totally down for that. Green, you got the green light. I would love that. Um, I really think I, I always tell people this. I always tell people this. Like, you're not gonna read, and I think I may have mentioned this, you're not gonna read these books and be like, freaking Hemingway, he Hemingway <laughs> reincarnated right here. But like the writing is not that prolific, but I think it's fun. I think mm -hmm. it's entertaining. I think there's a lot of commercial value, you know, behind it. Um, and I think it, it'd be perfect for a series, uh, you know, a film if someone was so inclined to do so. I don't know much about uh, screenplay writing, but again, I didn't know anything about writing a book. Yeah, I'm sure I could sit down <laughs> with someone and we could hash something up. So yes, I mean, I would love to see that. Uh, I think as like a writer, I mean, that's who wouldn't love to see their work like taken to the big screen. Um, you know, if something like that happened, yeah, I'd be I'd be totally down for it. And I think the other thing about the the stories are there's a little bit of everything. You know, someone someone said on a review, like, yes, it's a supernatural mystery, but there's like a love story at mm -hmm. the core of it. I I agree. You could almost do like a, a supernatural tale mixed with like uh, Can't Hardly Wait or Empire <laughs> Records or something like that, you know? I, I mean, I think there, yeah, there's just a little bit of something for everybody. So I think it does have like mass appeal. Well, at least I think it does. Someone Agreed. else might read it and be like, <laughs> fuck you. No, it doesn't. <laughs> I agree, man. Well, I look forward to uh, seeing where the trilogy goes. And uh, as we wrap it up here, you want to hold up the copies of the books again yes, and shout out yes, what I'd they're called to. and you know where people can buy them? Book one, The Mysterious Happenings at Two Morning View is available on barnesandnoble.com and Amazon. And The Mysterious Happenings on Hyde Avenue, The Layer of the Incubus, also available barnesandnoble.com and Amazon. This is book two. This is book one. Book three is currently being written. I think maybe I'm on chapter five, maybe. <laughs> there you uh, go. Um, <laughs> and just a fun tidbit for any horror fans out there. Um, the, the inspiration for the cover 
of the book. Now I did not do the art. Um, check this guy out. It's Tom Grillo illustration. He's the artist, but I sent him the original movie poster of Fright Night. Oh, do you remember that original movie poster oh, yes. with with like the 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 vampire in the clouds? Yep, the little ghost the, ghostly vampire over, above the house. Right, and the house. So you know we've got like we got the house with the lights on and. I don't want to give away, but there's something up here. We got the lightning, <laughs> we got the lights, the clouds. So that was, I kind of sent him that. And I said, so this is kind of like my inspiration. This is kind of what I'm thinking. And I let him kind of That's uh, awesome. run with it. But I sent him like pictures of my house that my mom and dad live in or that I grew up in. And then pictures of the house that I um, grew up in when I was, when we moved to the suburbs when I was five. But um, this, this house is our actual house that I grew up in. Um, and I know you haven't gotten to the second book yet, but again, that is all, um, there's a big section of it that takes place in that house with um, the basement. That whole story is true. So be interested to go. <laughs> for you to get to that part. Absolutely. I'll have to message you whenever, whenever yeah. that happens. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, well, Jason, it has been a total, total blast. Um, where's the best place for people to uh, to keep up with, you know, where everything's going? Is Instagram the best place to to get in touch maybe and keep up with you? Yeah, probably. It's um my name and then the number 23 at the end. And I think I quizzed you as to why. <laughs> I was going to ask you to tell this story because you said, do you know why it's 23? And I said, because it's 2023. <laughs> right, which is not correct. <laughs> So it's Jason and Shannon, 23, and um, the reason why it's 23, I'm a really, really big basketball fan. Uh, I never played, well, I played maybe when I was in sixth grade. I mean, I was on the red team or maybe the black team, one, one of those <laughs> colors. Um, uh, uh, I'm really bad at basketball. Uh, I'm only 5'8", <laughs> unfortunately, so you know I don't really have good height for basketball, but I really, really love it. Uh, LeBron James wore 23 when he was in Cleveland. He brought the championship to Cleveland in 2016. <laughs> no hard feelings to LeBron James. And so that's why uh, it's kind of like a shout out to him. Sure. Uh, it's a shout out to my love of basketball. And I kind of just gave away where I'm from. <laughs> <laughs> that's all good. So that's dad, all good. So dad, look out. Look out, dad. <laughs> oh, beautiful. Well, hey, Jason, it has been a total blast having you on the podcast. Um, hopefully, again, you thought we were cool enough in person and on here to to come back and talk with us one day. I'd love to come back. Maybe when part three is out. We Absolutely. Could. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. And if you have a movie that you're fond of, too, you can pick a movie for the show and we can dissect it together. Oh, OK. That you do that for some oh, of yeah. the podcasts. Mm -hmm. Ooh, we do interviews we uh we brought some guests on to like you know go through movies and just talk about their favorite horror movie um and you know we could dissect something if you got one that you're particularly fond of i i mean i know we we don't have time i'll just maybe i'll just leave you with this i'm a big fan of cabin in the woods ah. uh, i don't know if you've seen it um we we actually we covered it over the summer i believe how about that yeah there we go we could do like a revisited episode featuring jason yashannon maybe maybe um maybe <laughs> we could combine it with the book three um, yeah i don't know if you've seen talk to me yet i no. really enjoyed that i have been hearing about it non-stop as like one of the most popular a24 releases of of the last few years <laughs> it's good it's good there you we go check it, you should definitely check it out absolutely um, now 
going back to the beginning of our conversation, did you see the new Exorcist yet? I was actually about to throw okay, that I knew your it. way. I, knew I, it. I, knew it. <laughs> I saw it over the weekend and, and I I give it a recommend. I actually really enjoyed it. I found it very scary, actually, um, which is hard to do because you watch so many horror movies, you kind of get a little desensitized to it. But I found it to be very unsettling and an emotional roller coaster. So uh, I give it two uh, thumbs up. <laughs> OK, well, mm, OK, so uh, a quick little tidbit. Um, So um. I was in a off-Broadway show for two years. It was, um, it may have been, maybe a little longer than that. It was the off-Broadway production of Our Town. And um, during the whole run of it, I had a really small, really small, crappy little part. But <laughs> during the run of it, we would have, um, you know, really big, famous people play the role of the stage manager. So we had mm-hmm. Helen, we had Helen Hunt come in one time. We had Michael Shannon in there. Um, yes. You know, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, we had a, a an actress by the name. She wasn't the stage manager, but she was one of the moms in it. Um, Anne Dowd, who is oh, yeah. in The New Exorcist. Yep. We were just talking about her. <clears throat> um, I somehow got my mom to go with me to Exorcist Believer. <laughs> she supports me in all sorts of crazy shit. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I appreciate like her. She actually liked it too. She yeah. she grew up with a with a mom, my my nana, who thought that The Exorcist was one of the funniest movies ever made. Funny. So <laughs> that's huh. a word you wouldn't hear too often, I right? See, I didn't see the humor in it, but maybe I should. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. Uh, well, but hey, anyway, so, but yeah, so so she's in it. So um, yeah. she's an amazing actress. So if you aren't familiar with her work, see that or see uh, Handmaid's Tale. She's in like. Oh you know, yeah, 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 yeah. Thing of that so. Yeah. I need to start that show. I've heard it's great for like yeah. many, many years now. She's so. excellent. She's excellent in it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyways, all right, I'll let you go. I know I am. Oh, on. no, no, no. You're um, good, man. This is this is why we do this. But hey, Jason, it has been a total, total honor and a total blast having you on the podcast. Um, everybody listening, please go pick up both of the Mysterious Happenings books. Um, I think I'm going to call the episode like Mysterious Happenings with Jason Yashannon or something Ooh, I like, like that. It. I like it. <laughs> I All think right. that'll be perfect. Um, but go pick up the books, people. Go follow Jason on social media. He is uh, a total blast to to talk to, and hopefully you'll see him at a convention sometime soon. And uh, that's all we got for the Midnight Terrors podcast today. Get in touch with us, Midnight Terrors podcast on Instagram and Facebook. Shoot us an email at midnightterrorspodcast at gmail.com. You can check out our Tee Public store and uh, grab a shirt, a hoodie, or a sticker, ooh, anything ooh, that tickles your do fancy. That. Yeah. Oh, I'll send you I'll send you one. <laughs> How do you get to that store? I want to go to that store. Uh, It's on our Instagram. We have a link tree on there and it's I believe it's the bottom link. Oh, you know, what we were talking about <laughs> Predator and Aliens here. Here's my. Phone oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> I'm so glad we're doing video podcasts for that. That's beautiful. <laughs> um, But uh, that's all we got for the Midnight Terrors podcast. Again, shout out to Jason Yashannon. And uh, we appreciate you, my friend. And can't wait to do it again soon. And uh, everybody, thank you for listening and watching. We'll see you all again soon. Peace. Thank you. Thank you.